one of the key things to remember before a service is to make sure that um, I've managed to pick up the clicker from the tech team. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes these things don't actually happen. Um, sorry. This is Harvest Sunday. Look at that. Rob will provide. Thank you. Harvest Sunday, and we've already spoken about the provision of food and the, the, the privilege it is to have an opportunity to give back to God some of the things that he's, he's, he's given us. And this is a way in which we can do that, which we can, we can give to the hungry. It's a direct biblical precedent. And Harvest gives us that opportunity. This year, perhaps for the first time for a long time, Harvest takes on a deeper meaning for many of us. For the first time in, in many years, suddenly the provision of food is not something that we can take for granted. Um, it's not been unusual over the past couple of years, whether it was panic buying after Brexit or whether it was um, at the start of the pandemic, whether it's been um, blockades and shortages, but supermarket shelves being empty is becoming a, is becoming a more and more common sight. Over the past few years, we've experienced Brexit, and we still do experience the, the results of Brexit, the, the pandemic, the war in Ukraine. All of these things have, have conspired together to produce this cost of living crisis that we're now um, going through, and we have no idea how long it's going to last or what it's going to um, become. But we're becoming more and, more and more aware of our own limitations Having had a long period of feast, we're now entering a time of famine. And in those times, we suddenly get these stark reminders that we're not actually as in control of the world around us as we'd like to think. We're not actually as, as, as capable of, of looking after ourselves as we'd like to, to think we are. And so, at harvest time, we're reminded of food the food that we take for granted. We're reminded this year that we can't simply expect to be able to walk into a supermarket anymore and, and choose whatever we like. No matter whether it's in season or out of season, whether it even grows in this country, we can, in days gone by, we could just walk in and expect it to be there. And if it wasn't, we'd have a quiet word with someone and they'd go out the back and get it. But those days aren't quite here anymore. We're becoming more and more aware of our own limitations. But that's no bad thing, is it? Because in a world where, where we, we, we preach every week about God the provider and a God who loves us, when we go out into the world and actually people say, hey, I can provide for myself, thanks very much. I don't need a God. You can keep your God. It's difficult to share the message of the Bible. It's difficult to share the gospel with people who, who write their own. And so... Sometimes it's not a bad thing to be reminded of our need for our God. I spoke last week briefly, and I promise this is the last time I mention it. I spoke about, um, about a book I'd read over the summer. I think Joe seeks the death of hearing about it, but I, I learned so much um, about farming techniques and things. Um, she's given me that look now that says, not again, please, not again. Um, I promise it'll be the last time. Um, but last week I mentioned about the, 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 the soil and um, the, um, the sort of the ecosystems that, that exist within, within soil and how important they are, and, um, and I, won't, I won't go into that anymore. But, um, but something else I learned from this book that really interested me was, was, was rivers. So 
there was a time when, when rivers followed their natural course, and a, a, a map of, of farmland would be riddled with, with channels and, and rivers, and often the rivers, when they went around the bend, would have a great big sort of belly that would be all gravelly, and that, in effect, was a natural floodplain. And at times when there was, was an excess of rain and, and floodwaters built up, um, the rivers, rather than having the, the channels that we see here, they would simply all merge into one. And... Yeah. Um, could we go back to the first slide? I'm not sure if this is actually doing anything. I'm standing here clicking away, but... Um... <laughs> Switch it on. <laughs> Thank you. But you see, the Victorians had this great idea. They decided that to make farmland more efficient, if they, they, they took, took farmland that was riddled with all these different channels and, and inlets and, and, um, and the, the, the river was really spread out, they decided that if you just dig one deep channel straight through the middle, then suddenly you've got a lot more land that you can farm. It drains more effectively and this deep channel takes away excess water um, and, and it was great. And so... Across the UK now, maps of rivers look very, very different to what they, what they did um, a couple of hundred years ago, or maybe even further, further ago, longer ago than that. Um, but the trouble was, as the world warms up, and as we see more and more rain dropping on our land, those deep channels aren't deep enough and they become overwhelmed, and eventually they channel so much water because they're deeper than they were ever meant to be. They channel so much water towards the towns and cities that towns and cities suddenly get hit by this deluge of water, and it's just, it floods. And we see, we see cities like, like Hull and places like that that are, that are underwater because the, the water, rather than being allowed to simply meander its way through the higher ground and, and drain gradually, it gets vroom, sent straight down a sort of a, a, new, um, a new route. And so the farmland that was supposed to be protected and made more efficient becomes waterlogged and unusable. You see, we have to be careful in the way that we, that we mess around with creation. The, 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 the way that God has created the world works. And if we're not careful, if we're not responsible, if we don't think ahead, if we try too hard to be as efficient and as immediate as possible because we want the most effective results and we want it now, if that's the attitude with which we, we approach the planet, then we can very quickly find ourselves in deep water. Yeah, thanks. In Psalm 104... We get this picture of God managing creation. We're told he makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. 
Wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their heart. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hyrax. You see, we've got this, we have this image of, of, of God looking after creation, the way that he's designed everything around us. And when we look at nature, when we take ourselves away from, our, from our, our busy lives and we take ourselves out into the hills or to the beach or wherever we happen to go, we can just see the power of nature. We can see God at work. I don't know about you, but the more documentaries I watch about, about nature and about the natural world and about the way that life supports life and, and, and just the, the delicate balance of everything, the more convinced I am of a creator. The more that science advances and reveals, uh, reveals understanding about the world, the more we see the hallmark of a creator all around us. But of course, God, in all of this, the thing that he wants to provide for the most, the people that he cares for the most, the part of his creation that he values above all is us. Is us. As Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, we are. God provides for us. God wants to have that relationship with us. But sometimes we can, we can miss the importance of that relationship. Sometimes we can miss the provision we can take for granted certain things which, which, we, which we, we shouldn't. I was reminded this week of, of a, a, a breakdown of Psalm 23, which I'd come across some years ago. It's not, it's not mine. This is something which, um, which someone, someone gave me um, some years ago. And it goes through verse by verse, Psalm 23, and explains God's provision for us. Listen to this. Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. That's relationship. He provides a relationship with us to shepherd us and look after us. Verse 2, I shall not want, because he provides for us. He supplies us what we, what we need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. So he provides opportunities for rest, for us to be replenished and looked after. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes us. He quenches our thirst. He restores my soul. He heals us. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. That's guidance. He gives us the guidance that we need in life. For his name's sake, he gives us a purpose, the purpose of serving him. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he tests us. Sometimes we need to be, to be tested in order to explore our boundaries and limitations and realize how much more we're capable of than we ever expected. I will fear no evil. He provides us with protection. For you are with me. Faithfulness. He never leaves or forsakes us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
He provides the, the discipline that we need, just like a, a child needs discipline to fully enjoy life. So do we. You anoint my head with oil. He consecrates us. He marks us out as being his, his children. My cup runs over. He provides abundantly. It's not just a, a, a small portion, and you, if you want anything else, you need to go and get it. Everything that we need, we can find in the presence and the love of God. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God's blessing is, is permanent. When we, when we choose to follow Jesus, he welcomes us. When we ask him into our life, he doesn't leave us. He is with us at all times. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's security. He gives us somewhere to call home. Forever. Eternity. This is not simply for this life. This is for eternity. And so, even in places like Psalm 23, where we might not expect to find assurances of the provision of God, it's there. And we're reminded of all the different ways, many of which we, 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 we might not think of as provision. We see them recorded there. It's not simply the, the physical sustenance, good though that is, and needed though that is. God provides for us in so, so many ways because we have so, so many needs, many of which we, 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 we overlook. It's so easy to overlook. It's so easy to, to channel our, our energies and our resources and our thoughts and our ambitions and everything and dig a deep channel and ignore the pastures that God wants us to explore and instead, no, 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 I want to, I want to, I want to hit that target, get that bonus, have that house, whatever it might be. I want to get there. And suddenly we, we find ourselves flooded and overwhelmed because we haven't followed the path that he designed for us. Instead, we've bypassed so much of God's goodness. In this day and age where we can just Google any questions that we have, anything that we want, we can go onto Amazon and order it. It's great. And we all, we're all part of that sort of system. But as Christians, we can do with taking heed of, of Paul's words when he wrote to the Philippians saying, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. If we trust in God, if we give ourselves to God, if we, can, if we can wake up every day with, with, with God's path being the thing that we want to be following, praying for, for God's guidance, praying that, that he, will, he will lead us where he wants to lead us, being able to put aside the distractions of life and the, uh, the material things, then we will meet, then God will meet all our needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus because there is no need that we can have that God cannot satisfy. He is the provider of everything. All good things come from God. When Jesus found himself on a hillside, having tried to get away from the crowds and finding that they followed him, being a celebrity of the day, 
And he found himself teaching to 5,000 men plus women and children. The disciples were there. And the only food that they had was a small boy's lunch. Jesus provided. He prayed. He prayed over the food. And then he said, distribute it. And out of that small lunch, God provided enough food for the entire crowd, everybody there. You see, Jesus had been teaching and teaching and teaching and and spiritually nourishing those who, who were listening. Filling them, teaching them his goodness, his love, teaching them about God, teaching about the ways that he wants people to live. But he then saw the physical need. You see, God does provide for our physical needs as well as for our spiritual needs. He doesn't always give us what we want. Be very clear on that. What we want and what we need are two very different things. God knows what we need, what we actually need at any given time, be it physical or spiritual. We know what we want. And so sometimes, why hasn't God done this for me? Maybe it's not what you need. Maybe that's what you want. No, 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 I need it. Well, you need to take that with God. We need to come before God and say, Lord, I trust in you. I trust in you. But you see, Jesus cared for people. He loved people. He loved us so much that he provides. He provided for the 5,000 on the hillside, and he uses us as, as a church, as followers of him. He calls on us to be sacrificial, to give, to provide for those out there in our communities who need to receive And we prayed earlier a blessing on this food because we believe in the blessing of God. We believe that if we we pray that this food takes with it the blessing, that God will use that food, that God will use that not just to feed people physically, but maybe when people come into this place on Thursday afternoons, they'll meet with God. They'll meet with a provider. As they're handed bags or boxes of food maybe they'll they'll see the scriptures on the wall maybe they'll stop and be challenged by them or maybe they'll they'll meet people from the church who 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 volunteer who give up their time week after week to come and to serve to share the love of Jesus with the people who need it as well as the food with the people who need it God is a provider but we have opportunity I love the words from from Galatians chapter 6, where Paul writes, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I once preached on that, on that passage and someone came up to me afterwards and said, oh, I've, I've, I've heard that preached several times and it's always been quite a, quite a, a negative preach because the message has, has been that we shouldn't, we shouldn't mock God. We should make sure that, we, that we're aware that everything that we say and that we do, God's watching. And of course there's certain amount of truth in that, but I see in this passage opportunity. I see that we've got a great opportunity here. We can go around the world sowing seeds of hope in people. We can go and through, through things like the Alpha course that's running at the moment, we've got, we've got about 
18 people coming to the Alpha course. It's fantastic, and we've had some brilliant conversations, and it's, it's just been such a great experience. And thank you to all those that are, have, have supported in, in so many different ways, whether through prayer or through food. It's brilliant, but we're sowing in the, in, in the people who come to the Alpha course the seeds of faith. That's such a great opportunity because we're sowing to please the Spirit, and from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And so will they, if those seeds come to fruition. You see, this, this passage is not, is not a warning. I mean, there is a warning in there, but if we, if we only see a warning, then we're sort of missing the point. This is about God's provision. God, God's provided us with an opportunity to go out into the world and to share the good news of the gospel. Because God trusts us. Because God created us. Sometimes we can be we can find ourselves in a situation. We can have an opportunity to, to share. I, in, in fact, I'm going to share this with you. Um, on my, my walk to church this morning, um, I had this passage in my mind, and I was thinking through the, the idea of it being an opportunity, and um, there was a man just ahead of me, and I just thought, right, I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to sow a seed, because it's not about me. If he turns around and tells me where to, where to go, then... Fine. And so I was, I was, he was about 50 yards ahead, and so I sort of sped up, and um, I was catching him. He went around a corner. I got around the corner, and I was just about to say, excuse me, and as I went around, went around this corner, it was quite a sharp corner, he was um, performing a bodily function against a wall. And so I didn't. I sort of I, I walked on a bit, and then I turned around thinking, right, he must have finished. I'm not going to shake hands with him, but um, I, I can talk to him at least. But he turned and walked back the other way. And I, I must admit, in my mind, I think, I should have spoken to that man. I should have somehow, maybe before he turned the corner, I should have said, excuse me, because I, I just felt I should have done. I missed an opportunity. And I'm saying that because it's so easy to miss opportunities. But God does give us opportunities. He does provide opportunities. And we need to make sure that, that, that we're a bit that we're on it, that we're a bit smarter, that we, that we have that spirit of boldness. Remember Joshua, Joshua was told after Moses died, I read a couple of weeks ago, be bold and courageous, do not be afraid. And that's the attitude that we need to be taking if we want this, this passage to be a passage of, of good news. Well, we need, to sow, we need to sow boldness in ourselves and then sow the, the seeds of the spirit in those that we meet. We won't always get it right. I know I don't always get it right. But it's sacrificial. Sometimes we need to be prepared to put ourselves in, in vulnerable situations because God is our rod and staff. He's our protector. When we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's not in our power that we get through it out the other end. We can go through some horribly dark times in life, some times where we, we really don't want to be where we are. We can't do it in our own strength, but God, God leads us through. And in this passage, we're reminded, let us, let us not become weary in doing good. Doing good work is tiresome. It wears us out. It gets us down. Because we're going against the grain of the world. We're, we're, we're fighting against the flow. And so Paul says, let's not become weary in doing good, even though, even though it will sap our energy, it will sap our strength, but we're not doing it in our strength. We're doing it in the strength of God. 
the provider. As he provides us opportunities, let's have the boldness of spirit to take those opportunities. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It's hard. We're called to be sacrificial. There's that great, great passage at the end of 2 Samuel, at the end of David's life, where David has he's carried out a census of, of the people, which is against God's wishes, and he knows that God's not happy with him. And so David decides that he's got to He's got to make a sacrifice to God. And so he, he comes to Aruna, who owned a threshing floor and, um, and a, uh, a, some, some livestock. He comes to this man and he says, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David says, I've come to buy your threshing floor so I can build an altar to the Lord that the plague on the people may be stopped. Aruna said to David, let my lord the king take whatever he wishes and offer it up. Here are the oxen for the burnt offering. Here are the threshing sledges and ox yokes for the wood. Your majesty, I give all this to my king. May the Lord your God accept you. But the king, David, replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. You see, God is a God of provision. But sometimes it's, it's, it's right for us to be prepared to, to give back to God some of the things that he blesses us with. Sacrifice hurts. Sacrifice costs. David was, was no stranger to that. We see throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament that whenever sacrifice is mentioned, it's acknowledged that, that it's not something that is easily done, that is lightly done. If someone's got... A thousand tins of beans and they give away one, it's not really sacrificial. It's not really going to hurt them or cost them. True sacrifice comes with the heart of David. I insist on paying for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God offerings that cost me nothing. And so at this harvest time, as we recognize everything that God gives us, and as we recognize as well that Jesus, in Jesus, he was the ultimate provision. God gave his son to us. He sent his son into this world to, to live amongst us, to humble himself, to teach us, to guide us, and then to die for us. Jesus, he, he gave himself. He was God's provision to the world, the ultimate provision we need nothing else if we've got Jesus. And so what's our response at this, this time? Well, our response is to ask, what can, we, what can we give? How can we contribute to the harvest, the harvest of God, to the work of God? How can we play our part? There are many, many different things that we can do. I'm offering up just, just a few for us to take away and, and add to and to think of, and to be challenged by. Well, first of all, we talk a lot about giving. And often when we talk about giving, we, we talk about finance. And that's absolutely right. The Bible talks about finance. Jesus talks about money more than any other subject. We as a church, we, we, we need finance in order to be able to fund the ministries that we want to be able to do. To be able to reach out to more and more people and do all these things. We, we need finance. But... 
At this time, at this time when for many people money's short and for many people giving is, is, is difficult, maybe we can give time. Maybe we can give time to, to serve in different ways. Maybe we can give time to, to visit people and to, to share with people, to listen, to give people opportunities to, to talk, to have conversation. The gift of conversation is something which doesn't cost anything except for time. Jesus gave time to so many different people. And they were often people that nobody else gave much time to. Whatever we give, however we give, we give willingly. At no point do we see Jesus grumbling and moaning about having to spend time with people, having to share food with people, having to, to teach people. Give willingly. Because God gives willingly. Because God gives out of love to us. We can give expectantly. You see, if we, are, if we remember those words from Galatians, then we know that there will be a harvest at the right time. When we have conversations with people, even if at the time they tell us they've got no interest in church and it's all very well for you, but it's not for me, we've sown a seed. And that seed sits there. And one day, and we might not ever see this process, but one day it will, be, it will, be, it will germinate. There will be something that triggers the development of it in someone's life. We all come to a point where we ask deep questions, where we're challenged, where we need, to, we, we need to be told that there is something more to this life than the things that we see around us. If we haven't planted that seed in somebody, then they don't have the opportunity to respond. They don't have the opportunity for it to take root inside them and to become something beautiful and fruit-bearing. And so we give expecting God to respond and then finally, and maybe most importantly at this harvest time, we remember what God has done for us, what he has given us, and we give thanks. We have a God who loves us. We have a God who created us. Each and every one of us here today and each and every person that we see when we go out into the world this week, they are loved by God. God is just waiting to call out to them and to hear them respond. He is just waiting for the opportunity to, 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 to enter their heart, to take residency there. There is nobody in the world that God gives up on. So whatever, whatever we think of ourselves, God sees us as treasure, something valuable to be loved and cherished. And that's why he provides for us. We are his creation. We are his children. And so let's be prepared to serve him. Let's be prepared to, to recognize the blessings that he pours out upon us every day. Let's be prepared to show that the love and the grace that Jesus showed. And let's be prepared in, in any way that we can to give back to God some of what he has given to us. Let's make sure that as we, as we set out upon the path that God has planned for us, we don't seek to ignore it and forge our own channel straight through. 
let's make sure that we meander through the path that he calls us on, even when we can't see the final destination, even when it makes no sense to us, even when we think that we can see a better way. Let's be true to God. Let's honor him. And let's be prepared to serve him in any way that he demands. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are the provider of all of the good things that we have. Lord, we, we recognize that at this time when food is more scarce than it has been for a while and when, when money is, is there's more pressure financially, Father, we recognize that we rely on you, not just in these times but always. And Lord, we thank you that even though we are going through a cost-of-living crisis in this country, we are still in the top 5% of the world in terms of provision. Father God, we thank you for the, the, the BMS video that we saw earlier. And we thank you, Lord, that we've got an opportunity to support people who have so little. People who, whose, whose desires in life are so simple. Father, we thank you that those in our community who are struggling to put food on the table, we've been able to, to, to help this morning. And Lord God, we pray that as a church we can continue to do that. And Father God, we pray that for each one of us individually this week, as we, as we challenge ourselves on how can we give to you, how can, we, how can we serve you, Father, we pray that you will open our eyes and open our hearts so that we can see more clearly the path that you're setting out before us. Lord, forgive us for the times that we have perhaps tried to dig our own trench and follow that instead of being obedient to you. But Lord, help us to keep our hearts focused on you this week. And most of all, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for all the things that you do provide for us. And we thank you for Jesus, through whom you have given us a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Lord God, we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm just going to call the worship band back up to lead us in our final worship songs. We're just going to uh, close with a song that may not be familiar to, to everyone here, um, but it really is taking time to commit to God. It says, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. Mm -hmm. 